Hey guys, welcome to today's show. We'll talk to Kenny Chesney later. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Uh, yesterday was International Women's Day, so we didn't talk about a lot of stuff other than that. So I'll bring up my sea trip from this past weekend. Uh, we were shooting an episode of Breaking Bobby Bones. We only have one left, by the way, this weekend. Then I'm done with the whole season. Crazy. 16 episodes done. And I am physically, like, tired. Just from being beat up so much through these episodes. But I uh, was in the... In the, the bay in San Francisco, we would get on this boat, and it was a fishing boat, not a deep-sea fishing boat where you, you get your fancy poles and you throw it out there. This is one that drags <laughs> a net on the bottom of the ocean. It's like when you see these, these shows where they're you know, throwing a net out, trying to get shrimp. or I mean, that's what we did. And so you have to th- – it's not safe putting the net out there. You're putting all this metal stuff in the water to spread the net and hold it on the bottom of the ocean floor. And I got so seasick. I was sick for almost two days straight. And when you're not extremely nauseous, as you know, just from being nauseous, you, you're, you don't function the same. You don't think the same because you're so sick. We got on the first day and the water was pretty calm. I've never even been to San Francisco. And so we land and we're going out and I'm looking at Alcatraz. We're right by Alcatraz. Yeah. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> and I'm under the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm like, this is so cool. But what I wasn't doing was paying attention to the boat bouncing up and down. I wasn't ready. And so we start shooting and I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. And we're down working on a net because you got to tie knots in the bottom of the net. So when it fills with fish, you pull the knots and they all release onto the boat later on. And I go, I don't feel good. Cameras are on. Vomited. Everywhere. All (laughs) over the boat. And then I just couldn't stop. It was just one after. And it was so violent in, in my lungs and in my belly. Oh, it was everywhere. And so I had taken everything. And I was listening to people on Twitter and Instagram. Why don't you take Dramamine, you idiot? Oh, I did. I had, a, I had on bracelets. I had on a bracelet like a garter belt. I had on my legs. <laughs> I had I, I, If you could take it, I had it. I tried everything. Didn't work? No, but I get so motion sick in a car. I get so motion sick sometimes in an elevator that it was just bound to happen. But for two days, I was fighting, vomiting, at least once an hour. I figured out what was best for me was laying on the very bottom of the boat where my back and head were on the boat and when the boat would rock hard because we had some hard waves, it, I just pictured I was a baby being rocked. Oh. And there was no way when I was a baby getting rocked I was getting motion sick. <laughs> not for me. The ocean's not for me. Just, oh, it, it felt like I'd been riding in the back seat of a car down a dirt road reading a book Oh yeah, for three hours. It was bad news. Awful. It was bad news. Oh. But it was still extremely cool because I've never, I grew up fishing a lot, but I'd never done anything like this. A little different, huh? Yeah, and you pull the net up and you, you the net is raised up over the boat. You pull it and all it all drops into the, the, the back of the boat. And it's a ton of jellyfish. It's a ton of stingrays. It's a ton of crab. And we take everything that we weren't supposed to catch, which was the halibut, and throw it back over the boat or push it back through the side because there's a hole for that to happen. Uh, and then we keep all the halibut. And the goal was to catch in one day 500 pounds. And? Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you oh. here. <laughs> you <laughs> have to the watch show. the show. the purpose of the show. I don't know what order it's going to run, but the guy that was the fisherman that I was with, just a fantastic guy, lives in his boat basically. His family lives four hours away. He goes home like once a month for three days and he's back on the boat. Oh, man. It's a hard life. So I take it these men that work out there, they just don't get seasick? Well, he said he did for the first years of his life because his dad was a fisherman, his grandfather was a fisherman, but he doesn't anymore. Hmm. It took me 
probably until this morning to not feel like I was rocking while sleeping. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I used to go to Schlitterbahn for like two hours and I would get home and still feel like I was like on a tube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I can imagine two days. <laughs> it was brutal, but it was, now that it's over, it was awesome. Because mm-hmm. when am I going to get to do stuff like that? Dangerous. There were even some real dangerous moments for me being out there because you can easily go over those swells, which are, I did, those are waves. Because mm-hmm. I'll be like, look at the wave. It's called a swell when you're on the ocean. They were 30 and 40 feet high coming at us. And it was not a massive boat we were on. It was just a a fishing boat, like one big enough to hold a net. But if you go to my Instagram, you can see the boat. And I posted a picture over the weekend. I I just wanted to be home. wanted to be back on on land. And I was like, I miss my woman, my dogs, and Sonic. And also Eddie. (laughs) Honorable mention. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) But it's rough. Uh, Yesterday was just a different kind of day, so I didn't bring it up then. But I think, who knows, once all editing is done, I think it'll be a really cool episode. But, you know, for a guy that grew up in a small town in Arkansas, I never saw the ocean until my 20s. But to go out on a fishing boat like that was really cool. I never want to do it again, but it was really cool that time to do it. And I think it's going to make for a fantastic episode. And it's a hard life they live. They can go out, and the ocean's so unpredictable. Those guys can go out and feel like they know where it is. We drove three hours just to get to where we were trying to fish. So I would just lay in the bottom of the boat, trying to vomit for that long. Mm. They can go that far. Sometimes they go seven, eight, ten hours, and then catch out. Nothing. Yeah, oh. out and catch nothing. Have you ever seen the perfect storm? No, oh, that's people a good kept one. asking me that, and I was like, no. Oh, and they were should, like, oh, you should. You should. And I was like, tonight. They're like, nope, not tonight. <laughs> yeah, definitely not tonight. <laughs> but that's what's making me like. I'm picturing uh, what's his name, Mark Wahlberg. You right now is t- being the, like him. Those big waves would hit the boat. Swells. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Swells. Those yeah. big swells would hit the boat, boom, over the side of it. And if you weren't ready, it could knock you over the boat. Like, it, it could just force you because they were so big all the way off the side of the boat. But it was it was crazy. Obviously, I'm back here. I'm alive. I was here yesterday. So there's, you know, no real drama <laughs> Obviously, there. Obviously, you're good. But I have one more this weekend. We, we go back to California. And then that's a wrap. If I, just, I have to learn how to tie knots before now and this weekend. I'm doing extreme extreme tree trimming oh. the very top of those California Ooh, trees that's crazy where we gotta go and basically like a version of a deer stand but with spikes on our feet and trim the top of trees dang dude I know so I have to learn how to tie specialty knots this week and then land there and know how to do it <sighs> uh. is someone's training you or are you just getting on YouTube no. <laughs> <laughs> on the knots I'm doing it myself I'm, you, literally YouTube okay well I mean we need to run it by a professional they're make on, sure that it's YouTube. like yeah. good to go <laughs> So Richie McDonald from Lone Star has left Lone Star again. He's done it before, but this time he's doing it to make a super group. And so it's him. And by the way, Lone Star, they have a lot of songs, but let's play a clip of Amazed. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so in love with you. So the group's going to be called the Front Men of Country. Next up is Tim Rushlow from... <laughs> a Little Big Town. No, Little Texas. I mean, Little Texas, yeah. I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless Texas. Is that it? No. Just them two? No. And then Larry Stewart. Do you know who he's the lead singer of? Mm-mm. No. Restless Heart. Oh, come on. And here is When She Cries. She cries at night. At night. And she doesn't think that I 
I wonder if they get paid tiered because Lone Star has <laughs> more hits. Like if he makes just a little more than, you know, the lead singer of Little Texas who makes just a little <laughs> more of Restless Heart. I'd be upset. But they're called the front men of country. They have a full tour schedule laid out for later this year. Ooh. Full band in the background. And they're going to go out and play songs. And they play their band's hits? Oh, or? can you imagine you go and they only play originals? Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yes. They obviously have to play all the hits. It's like a greatest hit show. Yeah. It's like uh, when the, the Highwaymen, you know, Johnny Cash and uh, Willie and uh, Waylon and all them played. They all did their songs, but then they also played their own songs. Which would be cool if they all, and then they had, they had a couple new ones. Okay, great. Yeah. Hit us with a couple. <laughs> but we're not going to this to watch new music. So, but I would go to this. We, we're actually going to reach out and see if they want to come in and play in the studio. Oh, okay. Wait, what would you ask them to play? Those three, probably. Okay. I mean, for sure, God Bless Texas. With Restless Heart, for sure, when she cries. But with Lone Star, I imagine it would be amazed. you got to go amazed. Mr. Mom. Which is the one where they said Pearl Jam in it? On the road with Pearl Jam. You remember that? Uh, I forgot, but it's a really good one. You just one. love Pearl Jam. That's <laughs> it. So, you guys, the front men of country could be coming to a town near you. I think that would be a fun show to go to. <laughs> Here's a voicemail we got from Morgan in PA. Here you go. I was just calling. I was just curious. Whenever, Bobby, you order anything to your house, I don't know, like DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever you guys get or um, Amazon Prime, do you put your actual name on the packages? I just know, I remember you guys had some, like, privacy issues and, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, I do, but it's my real name. So it doesn't say Bobby Bones. (laughs) But it does say Bobby so I use real name. You? Sometimes it's me and sometimes it's another name. Yeah. <laughs> which which confuses <laughs> a lot of my friends at times. Even me sometimes. I'm like, who's this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Do you just sign a fake name, a different fake name? All no, the time? I would sign mine. I'm just saying for packages, yeah. we have stuff that shows up. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds of names. Uh, I forget who all lives in my house, <laughs> quote unquote. Let me do voicemail number two. This is from Betsy. My husband and I have been married for almost 35 years. And we have moved uh, within the last three years. So we've unpacked a bunch of old pictures and paintings and photos. He wants to just toss them if we're not going to put them on the wall. I feel like I want to keep them for the kids. We have three children. I would just love to hear your take on this. Thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful day. I think if you have the space and it's not creating you know, some sort of distraction, I think you can save them. I would like to have them saved just in case and let them make that decision later, don't you? 100%. You can also use Legacy Box, who we use. Yeah, that's an easy compromise. mm -hmm, Which they take all those pictures and they digitize them so you still have them all, but you can have them on your computer or your phone and not have them in actual paper form. And if you wanted them in paper form, you can just reprint them, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, you can go to legacybox.com slash bones. If you do it now, 50% while supplies last, you can save that. But I say keep them. You? I say totally keep them. But yes, the legacy box is a compromise where mm-hmm. you can digitize it and then, you know, maybe he gets his way in getting, getting rid of it. But for me, it's like, it's worth it to try to find a space to hold on to the stuff, even if you do digitize it. Now, if you are a pack rat, period, that's, that's pr- <laughs> yeah. probably a different conversation. You're probably right. keeping a lot of stuff. And he's like, look, babe, you're keeping everything. Yeah. But I do like keeping the pictures if you have space to keep the pictures. Yes. Uh, here's voicemail number three from Austin, Texas. Hey, yo, what's up, Bobby, man? I'm over here chilling with my kids, man. I got your number. See, I'm calling to say what's up. 
See, y'all believe me now? Yes. Say what's up. What's up, Bobby? What's up, Bobby? See, I told y'all I had his number. It sounds like a dad flexing to his kids no and he has my number. And they just he just called eight seven seven seventy seven Bobby. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> and finally, here is Kayla from San Antonio. Hi. I'm calling because I'm at a little bar and they're playing um, Eddie's wedding song. I don't think it's Eddie's uncle. But it's definitely the song. And it made me so excited. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so what's the story with your winning song versus the ver- that version? So I think that's the original version, and my uncle just covered it, and that's the version we play on the radio, my uncle's band's version. But it's so not think, that one. But that, that song, though, has been done many, many times. Yeah, it's almost like La Bamba, you know, where it's like a, a very popular song and people cover it, and my uncle's one of the covers. <laughs> <laughs> How funny, though. She's at like a Mexican restaurant or wherever, and, and she's, she recognizes that. I love that. Here's a story for you. A woman says she and her husband are having some issues, and he said, why don't we do the three-by-three three rule? Now, listen to this. Tell me if you think this is good. The basics of the rule is that each parent gets three hours a week just for themselves, which can be taken all at once or broken up. The couple also gets three hours of simply together time. They say it's done wonders for the relationship. All resentment has been gone. They each have three hours to themselves and three hours they dedicate to each other. Your thoughts? I think it sounds like something that could work for a lot of people. And maybe you can't, depending on how you can do it, maybe you have to start off with the two and two because it might be hard to figure all those hours out. Or if you got a lot of hours, the four and four. Like, I, I kind of like it. Or the Resi- eight and one. Yeah. Nice. Eight, eight for me. <laughs> and we have lunch together. Resentment is, a, especially if you have kids, that is something that can add up real quick if you're not dialed in to the other person and maybe how time is being allocated. Eddie, with you and your wife, you have four kids. Mm-hmm. Do you guys try to set aside an hour a week just for each other? Or- yeah, that's usually after everyone's in, in bed and we just kind of watch TV or we have a sh- designated show that we watch together. Other than that, like date night, that doesn't really exist in our life. Um, but is that three hours a week? Yeah. yeah. One round of golf for me is like four hours. And it's almost that time. Yeah, Well, I so know. you would just get to play nine holes. No, Nobody wants to play no, nine. No, I don't really do they that. Don't. Not oh, really. I always love throwing that out as a compromise. Well, what about nine? Then I'm like, but if I shoot nine, I want to know how good I really exactly. did for the whole round. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I could do that in three hours. So, well, but, I mean, you 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 apply what works for you. Maybe you need five yeah, hours. Five and five. And five. Maybe you just do it per month. You have twelve per month, mm-hmm. and you there use you that go. four that goes toward the twelve. There you go. You can cater this to fit your lifestyle. I did think that's pretty cool, though. I do too. <laughs> The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Maren Morris, Miranda Lambert, Mickey Guyton, and Brandi Carlisle will all be performing at the Grammys. The show airs this Sunday at 8, 7 central on CBS. Miranda Lambert shared more on her new restaurant and bar coming to Broadway in Nashville. It's called Casa Rosa and will feature a Tex-Mex menu, extensive margarita and tequila menu, pink seating spots, and an area dubbed the Pink House featuring some of her career memorabilia. It's undergoing renovations now and set to open this summer. Luke Combs shared why his latest single, Forever After All, is special to him. I wrote this song with Rob Williford and Drew Parker. Uh, I wrote this song, uh, obviously, about my wife, Nicole, and it was the first song that I had written in our new house that we live in here in Tennessee. And So it just felt like we were taking a huge step forward uh, with our relationship and with our life and uh, wanted to encompass that in a song. I'm Morgan number 2. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. 
So last week, there were a lot of thunderstorms in Tennessee, including a lot of rainfall. And there was a family of five driving in a truck, and they come across a creek with a low water crossing on the bridge. And they're like, it doesn't look too bad. We can do this. So they try to go across. Well, no, it was worse than they thought. The creek just took the truck off the bridge and threw it into the creek, and they were halfway submerged. It's a family of five, including an infant. So they're like, we don't know what to do. Well, emergency crews showed up, and there were about five agencies that donated their efforts of a rescue mission with bucket trucks and ropes. And after about 30, 45 minutes of a rescue mission, they finally got them all out safely. And it was an amazing effort in all of them. And it reminded me when I worked in the news, this was one of the first things that I covered, and it made it on CNN, and it was a rescue mission like this. And it's unbelievable to see all of these people just try to rescue a car that's been submerged because it happens so often. People think they're going to just go across that bridge, and it takes a ton. A weight, a car that's so heavy just swipes it right off the bridge, and it's pretty cool. Especially at night. Sometimes people hit these low water crossings at night, but it's not as low because you can't tell. I mean, heck, in the daytime it happens too. Yeah. But at night you really can't see. You just don't think that that, that's that powerful, but the water is so powerful it'll take anything. Uh, Good for them. Everybody's safe, right? Everyone's safe, amazingly. Yeah, shout out to those crews who risk their lives to save them. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Patrick Springs, Virginia. A 69-year-old man was visiting his brother on Friday night, and they get in an argument about what to watch on TV. So the 69-year-old goes to the garage, gets some kerosene, pours it on his brother, and tries to light him on fire. Wait, so how does that end up? Uh, luckily, he didn't. He wasn't able to light him, and the brother called 911, <laughs> and he was arrested for attempted murder. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's no <laughs> joke. What were they trying to... Well, like, what were they debating about watching? On, it it doesn't know. say. It just says it was an argument over the TV. So I assume that? that it was what they were trying to watch. Mega Markle interview <laughs> versus American Idol. Yeah, I felt that. All right, is that it? Yeah, I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Hey, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Let's open the mailbag. Bobby's Mailbag. Hey, good morning, Bobby Bones. My husband and I are currently shopping for our first house and fell in love with one not too far from where we live now. However, we were informed that the previous owner passed away in the house. He was an 83-year-old man who died of a heart attack peacefully in his sleep, so it's not a murder house or anything, and his kids are now the ones selling the house. The problem I have with it is, if we decide to sell the house within the next three years, California law requires us to disclose it. My husband still wants to buy it, and doesn't care, but I'm not on board. What do you guys think? Signed, Kendall. I buy this house in a heartbeat. Oh, this, yeah. is me, this is me talking. I buy this house right now. Who cares? And only three years? You'll probably live there three years. And if you live there two, rent it out for one if you can. So you don't have to tell the next buyer? Yeah. <laughs> so- but also, I wouldn't care. If someone died, people die, right? And the best way to die is old, naturally, in your sleep. That rocks. That's how we all want to go. It's not like someone got cut up, tossed around, hid in the basement. You know, it's not like there's a dungeon where people were punished. I will buy this house, live in it, no problem. I don't think the ghost of this 83-year-old is going to haunt you. I think he's probably pretty happy with how he left, too. And I also, and this is only a thing, too, if you believe that ghosts are haunting houses. I do not. But I will, if you want this house, I would not let that stuff. There are probably some people that, people have to die somewhere. A lot of people die in houses. So I say buy the house, Amy. Oh, yeah. I say buy it. If it was a murder, it's definitely different. You should for sure get a discount or something. But I think uh, an old man like that, 
totally fine. It does make me wonder. Now, this is just something personal, but like my my mom died at my sister's house and they moved. They sold their house like maybe a year or two after. And I wonder if they disclosed that. Citizens arrest. I don't know that they did, but I wonder if they did have to say that because it wasn't. You have to imagine people die in houses. That's why they're dying at home. They die with hospice. They're there. They want to be in the comfort of their own home. Nothing crazy is happening. Just the circle of life. I would say that you go for it. Buy the house if you want (laughs) it. It's just way different than a murder house. Mm -hmm. Which, if I could get a good deal on a murder house, I'd probably do that too. Oh, yeah. Just because I'm not, I just don't believe in that. I don't, I don't believe in it either, but I don't know how comfortable I am being that someone was murdered there. I wouldn't prefer it. If you go, okay, which house, would you prefer someone be murdered or not? I would click not. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's a great house and a great spot, I'm not going to let that hold me back. (laughs) Yeah. And if it's cleaned out all the way. (laughs) That one's so hard, though. What about one of these houses where they had a dungeon or like a jail and people had been held? No. (laughs) I don't want it because I don't want anybody to know. Because if it's on public record that's there, then someone's going to break in and throw me in the jail and hold me captive, my whole family there. And then (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be bad. I don't want any part of that unless we cement it. So you know? completely block it in. Yeah, like you, fill, it, fill it up. Mm. What about you? I'm okay with it. What? The jail and I, the, I just am not a believer of all that stuff hanging around. Well, yeah, me neither. I'm worried about in, the people that are... I'm not believing in ghosts. I'm not in, believing in anyone coming to put me in my own jail. Oh, see, I'm worried about the reenactment. Same thing with the murder. Like, if someone knew that a murder went down at my house... What if they... That's their thing. They look up houses that have had murders and they want to go recreate, you know? That's Boy, what you I really get <laughs> like <laughs> t- <laughs> tightly focused on things that are probably never going to happen. I, yeah, yeah, but that's what I worry about. All right, you guys can always send us an email. Morgan, what's that address? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. And that was Bobby's Mailbag. I'll give you one more story. Oklahoma will pay you $2.1 million if you hunt down Bigfoot in Oklahoma. $2.1 million. What? But I didn't think Bigfoot existed. That's why it's $2.1 million. You can make a lot of money right now with just two simple (laughs) steps. One, find Bigfoot. Two, shoot it. They're not even saying capture it alive. They're like, bring us Bigfoot. Oklahoma is now offering a $2.1 million bounty on anyone that can hunt and kill Bigfoot. They're hoping it brings people to the state like the gold rush did in California. And the gold rush was in what year, Amy? 19... 21. Mm, think about that. I have no San idea. San Francisco. Oh, it was four, 1949. 49ers. <laughs> close. I okay. mean, you're close. 1849. Okay. Oh. That's where the 49ers Woo. come from. Yeah. Wrong. You would have got there eventually. Yeah. All right. This is a fun game. I'll play you a very famous song, but it's as if a high school marching band were performing it. Okay. All you have to do is name the song. They're very famous, they're easily recognizable. For example, here you go. Is that Rocky? No, it's the final <laughs> countdown. Oh. It's oh. the final countdown. Would you have missed anything? I guess I would have because I oh. guess Rocky. But that, that's the hardest one, I think. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. All right, write your answers down. Amy, Eddie, Lunchbox. It is elimination style. Name the first song. (laughs) 
Amy. Sweet Caroline. Eddie? I have Sweet Caroline. Lunchbox? Sweet Caroline. Next up, name the marching band. Playing the song. Here you go. Amy took her headphones off what was going to be the most recognizable part of the song. I have the song. I just can't think of it at all. Turn it up, Ray. (laughs) So good. Struggling over there? I have it, but all well, I get. Write it I, down. Okay. Let, let me know when you're in over there. Okay, I'm in. I don't. I can't think of the name, but I'm in. You're writing down a lot of words. I know. <laughs> She's about seven words deep over here. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Lunchbox, what do you have? Uptown Funk. That's it. Oh. What yep. do you have over there? Don't believe it, just right. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't even have been right. That's... But that's from Uptown Funk. Don't give it to you. Yeah. Don't believe it, just right. Okay. Just watch. Is it? Yeah, yeah. it's not just right. Just watch. Well, whatever the words are. I, I, I honestly, what was over in my head was, "Don't believe it, just right." Suck it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely not it. None of that. Okay. Great. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, there it is. Eddie Bones, I have Uptown Funk. Okay, Amy, I'm sorry to say. Oh man. Aww. You have been eliminated. All right, here we go. Uh, Lunchbox and Eddie are remaining. Name this one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in. Lunchbox, what do you have? Don't stop believing. Eddie? Don't stop believing. That's correct. Uh Uh-oh. Next up, can you name this song as played by the high school marching band? All star, Eddie. <laughs> I have all star. Nice job. <laughs> you're an all star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Let's get a little bit harder here. Ooh. Name this one. Lunchbox? The middle. Eddie? <laughs> I have the middle. Nice job. Oh, You're still in it. <laughs> Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Name this one. Oh, 
Lunch box? Shake it off. Eddie? Shake it off. Nice job. <laughs> this is crazy. All right, next one up. Lunchbox? Uh, hold on. Hit it again. Still going. Five, five more seconds. <laughs> All right, Lunchbox? All right, time. Eddie. Oh, no. I got this. What is it? Old Town Road. There it is. Oh, no. is <laughs> Hey, Ray, play that one again from the beginning. Here you go. Old Town Road, you're gonna ride. That's funny, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I love this game. See if you can name this next one. Eddie's our winner. Here's the next one. Come on. Blinding lights. Yeah, good. Blinding lights. Super Bowl. Okay, okay. Next one. Ooh. Shallow. Nice. If you can name that one. Got it. You and all 10 for 10. <laughs> I got it. What is it? Devil went down to Georgia. There he is. Come on! one player fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you There's win. our winner, Eddie. Yeah. Play his song there. There he is. Hey, and if high school bands aren't playing these songs, they got to get on it. These are so good. I can't see them rushing to play Shallow. No. <laughs> yeah. Or Devil went down to Georgia. That's still pretty cool, though. So most women, they say, are getting headaches because of an article of clothing. Do you know which one? No. Most women, right? So it's not something that... What? I have a guess. Go. Headbands? Mm-mm. No. It's not even on the head. Oh, it's like... Okay. I have no idea. Wrong bra size. Because a too tight fit can give you chronic headaches and back pain. Oh, no. And most women don't even know their correct bra size. They just buy it off the rack and they don't... But how do you get that fitted? Oh, you can go to the... Well, I don't know. Pre-COVID, you used to be able to go to the dressing room and uh, where the bras were, and a lady would come with a tape measure and measure you. Mm. She could help you get that just right fit. Pre-COVID. Some positive things to come from COVID, though. Uh, people are washing their hands more, close talkers. They back n- away. Not as existent. <laughs> good. And all the animals that have been adopted from shelters. Yeah. So that's also a good thing. The Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So there's this kid, and at about eight years old, he started having issues with his nose. He's 15 years old now, but all these years, kind of been going to doctors, trying to figure out, what's wrong with my nose? Why is it so weird? They would give him different nasal sprays, but that's about it. Well, at 15, he couldn't take it anymore. He's like, I sneeze, and this weird odor comes out, and it fills the room, and it's embarrassing. So the doctors performed a CT scan. Which then they discovered, oh, you have a nine millimeter uh, BB up in your nasal cavity. Wow. And it's been up there since he was eight years old. Now 15, they were able to get it out, but pretty crazy. 
And so they never knew. Yeah, well, no. The family revealed that he'd been shot in the nose with a oh, pellet gun. Oh, that's how he got shot. Okay. But they didn't know that the BB had gotten stuck in there. Crazy. Sometimes when I floss, because I have this little gap in two of my teeth, <laughs> and I'll floss. And you know how that kid smelled the BB? Sometimes I floss, and it's like, Doom. you just smell. It oh, yeah. smells awful. Do you floss every day? Most days, yeah. Probably five out of seven days. Yeah, if I'm on the road, sometimes I'll forget. And sometimes I only do the picks, which isn't oh, really Oh, you consider- should do a string. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to act like in line, say, every day, but probably five out of seven days. That's good, though. Five out of seven is good. I bet most of people aren't even doing it once a week. No. And they go, they do it right before they go to the dentist. Well, and then change that. They and go in, they're all bloody. <laughs> right. The dentist is like, oh. And you know the dentist knows, of course. Exactly. They're like, oh, why are your gums all red? Okay, so McDonald's drive through is going to be using AI technology now to take orders. And the voice in the AI menu thing is described as female, similar to Alexa or Siri. And it's connected to a digital menu. And she'll even suggest food if you're unsure about what to order. And I've got a TikTok that has 1.9 million views of someone ordering with this new AI system in the drive-thru. Welcome to McDonald's. Let me know what I can get for you. Can I get two medium Oreo McFlurries? All right. Would you like anything else? That's it. Okay. Your total will be 658. Please pull forward. The future. <laughs> I'll be surprised if they can understand what I'm saying every word. I come in with my accent. Hey, y'all. Can I surprise? We don't know what fries are. No, fries. And also, you know, some of these are better at understanding words than others. Like, I'll talk to Siri. She doesn't know half of what I'm saying. Alexa nails 95% of what she I'm saying. She speaks your language? Well, mm-hmm. Siri's like, saying again, saying again. No, the so, accent thing is real. So I don't even talk to Siri sometimes. We just ignore each other. <laughs> uh, and also... You know what's annoying to me is if I go to Chick-fil-A or if I go to – because I went to In-N-Out when I was in California this last weekend. They have people that come out and just go, hey, let me get your order. There's no menu. You're just supposed to know when you get there what you want. I still like to see the menu, especially In-N-Out because I don't know what I want. And sometimes Chick-fil-A has new stuff. But they stand there like, okay, what can I get you? And they have their pad. I'm like, what do you mean? So what do you say? You just say, hey, I I freak out and go – uh, burger. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. you don't even really get maybe what you no. want. It happened yeah. this past weekend. I, I don't go to In-N-Out enough to know the menu. They're like, "Hey, what can I get you?" And the line's long, and I'm like, uh, "Take a burger, no onions." <laughs> That's where you test them and say, "Will you read me the menu, please?" <laughs> or what do you recommend? I, and we were probably seven car lengths away from the menu, so it wasn't like I could just pull up a spot and see it all. But I do like the McDonald's way with the computer better than having to know what, what's going on. All right, what else? Well, if you're a fan of Reba and Lifetime movies, I got good news for you because she's got two new Lifetime movies in the works. One of them is going to be a Christmas movie, and I'm already pumped for it too soon. <laughs> um, it's going to be called Christmas in Tune. And then the second movie that they're working on, no details have been revealed, but I'm definitely excited about it. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. A call in Washington comes in to 911, and there's a guy that has COVID, and he's at home, and he's having trouble breathing. His wife's like, I need help getting him to the hospital. The road is just snowed over. I can't get out of the driveway or the street. So there's a snowplow driver, Scott Perky Pile. He's been working there 25 <laughs> years. He jumps in the snowplow. <laughs> plows the street. Then he has to go up the hill to the guy's house. About halfway up, he gets stuck for the first time in 25 years. And the lady's like, the snowplow guy got stuck? Yes, that's how bad the snow was. 
And she was like, I got an old sled out back. So Scott Perkypile throws the guy in the sled down the hill, down the road, into the ambulance, into the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. He put him in the sled and they went down in the sled. Yep. That's awesome. And what's huh. his name? Scott Perkypile. <laughs> That's the, a good story. That's a good Snow name, too. Driver. That's a good name. All right, there you go. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Kenny Chesney coming up in about 20 minutes. I was looking at his Instagram. I saw someone commenting on one of his pictures, and I was like, huh, how do they know each other? So I'm going to ask him about that. Is there anybody that comments in yours that you're like, man, that's pretty cool that... Oh, Karen Fairchild. From Little Big Town? Yes. I mean, Kimberly does too, which she's really sweet. I feel like I see her more. But sometimes, I guess if it's something I'm wearing, which I haven't really gotten dressed up in a while, but if Karen replies to a DM, something about my outfit or something, I geek out because she's fashion goals. <laughs> what about you? Probably Bear Girls. Oh, oh yeah, that one's cool. awesome. Which is cool. <laughs> or like, uh, just like people that were cool to me as a kid, like the lead singer Better Than Ezra, Kevin Griff. Sometimes he'll <laughs> post them awesome. there. Yeah. You know, stuff yeah, like that. A little use freaking out inside. Yeah. I mean, occasionally like an Aldine will pop up in there and be like, hey, man, that's good or something. <laughs> but mostly it's, you know, people that I think or as a kid that were really cool. Um, all right. Tiger King star Joe Exotic is going to release a tell-all memoir. He is warning everybody that he's not holding back in his new book. Exotic. You know his real name? No. Joseph Maldonado Passage. Hmm. I didn't know that. The former zoo owner wrote the memoir while serving his 22 22- your federal prison sentence, which he's still in. It'll be titled Tiger King, the official tell-all memoir. It'll include passages about his troubled upbringing, dangerous rivalries with other animal keepers. It hits stores November 9th. Do you care? I don't. Nope, not going to be reading it. Are you? N- no. Okay. I'll read the stories of people who read it and tell, tells me the big highlights <laughs> of it. Sure. But I'm not going to read it. But it's a weird thing for this guy. He's, extremely famous and can do nothing with it and also the rule i thought was you can't make money while in prison like you can't do things while in prison to actually make money well so what's can the money just go somewhere else i don't know i'm not somebody sure somebody else like i feel like oj did that didn't wasn't he like autographing cards too while he was in prison but was he supposed to be i don't think so that's what i'm saying <laughs> i don't think he was think, but uh tiger king's book will be coming out and hey mike d weren't you saying that we expect a tiger king season two to come it's out it's supposed to be this month we're just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not waiting. What am I talking right, about? Right. If it what shows I up, waiting. I didn't even watch the reunion because that was in pandemic and they kind of did it all virtually, right? Yeah. When they did the reunion show. I didn't even watch that. Uh, let's go over to Amy and get in the joke. Here we go. The morning corny. What did the bread say to the butter? What did the bread say to the butter? You're my butter half. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> That was the morning corny. Okay, so Eddie wants to know if he did the right thing. What happened? So I ordered pizza on Friday night, and it's kind of our traditional pizza night or whatever. And uh, we waited about 45 minutes. It never came. And then finally, about an hour later, the neighbor comes by with two boxes of pizzas. And she's like, did you guys order pizza? Because I walked down my front step and I found pizzas. We're like, yeah, so I guess they dropped it off at your house and not ours. This is not cool. I get the pizza bones to try it, and it's cold. So I get my wife. I say, call them and complain. So she did. She, she called him and said, hey, you dropped this off at the wrong location. One, now it's it's cold. Oh, and by the way, you forgot the wings, too. Like, this is just terrible. 
So, you know, I, it, deep inside my heart, I was like, come on, free pizzas or, or a gift card, something, you know? But they they uh, just out of the blue volunteered said, you know what? We'll bring you two more pizzas and extra wings. And they did. And so you kept the old pizzas as well. Yeah, we did. And you're asking if you did the right thing? Yeah, because I was really enforcing the complaint. Like, complain, complain, let's try to get a gift card out of this. Yeah. Amy, what do you think? Oh, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think they would want to know that they if they messed up, then they want to make it right. So you complain. That's... You don't have to complain in a mean way, but just like, hey, heads up, this happened to me. I had this is not a good experience, and then you give them a chance to make it right. That's what any business wants, right? I don't know. They wanted to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but, they want the opportunity. But I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with you going, hey, this Mm-mm. you gave to the wrong house. Yeah. I-, I think I'm burned by my dad. I mean, growing up, Bones, he complained about everything. The fries were too cold. You took too long to deliver this, like all over and over. So now my reaction is like, I'd like a free pizza for sure. I don't want to complain. So you what, make your wife do it. Yeah, for sure, every time. <laughs> Would he ever complain when it really wasn't complainable just to see if he could get free stuff? All the time. Really? That, that was his MO. He would complain just to complain and maybe get free stuff. Did so, it work? Yeah, all the time. And that's kind of where like I'm split half and half. I'm like, I don't want to be like that because it was very embarrassing growing up. But at the same time, the free stuff was kind of cool. I think if you felt that way and you complained about how you felt, no problem. I get like Uber Eats or Postmates, they deliver stuff wrong all the time. And then I try to reach back out to them and the... the you can't. <laughs> They're like, sorry, too and bad. You, they just like disappear from the face of the earth. But the crazy thing about that is if something is wrong with it, Postmates has the thing where you can, I've only done it when it genuinely happens. So I don't know if they somehow secretly know you're not telling the truth. But yeah, I got barbecue delivered to my house. I didn't order barbecue. I ordered something else. And then I wanted like a refund. They ended up just giving it to me right away. Boom. But they don't know. How did they know for sure that's what happened? And they gave me my money back. No questions asked. They were like, check your email. Bam, there's your money. I'm like, what? What if I was lying? I just want the real food. I, I guess I don't go right to the source of Uber Eats or Postmates. I try to message the person back because yeah. they dropped off some food for Katie at her house the other night, which they must have confused for Caitlin. And we had oh. a, it's a completely different order. And so I'm just trying, hey, guy, you left with the wrong one, but I can't find them to, to turn around. And, so now we got screwed and Katie got screwed because <laughs> Katie got a kale salad. Yeah. She didn't order a kale salad. Yeah. Um, you, you're fine. Okay, yeah, good. You're fine. You're All fine. Right, thank you. You're fine. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Kenny Chesney. Kenny, how are you? Great, Bobby. How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. I was uh, looking at your Instagram. I see that Erin Andrews sometimes comments on your Instagram and she was talking about this new song. And she's like, hey, I'm so excited for it to go to radio. How are you and Aaron Andrews friends? I met Aaron Andrews on the set of um, College Game Day when she was uh, working with Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler and all those guys on College Game Day. And then, like a, a month later, I'm really good friends with a guy named Rick Sutcliffe who uh, does um, baseball, uh, calls baseball for ESPN during the summer. Aaron was also, you know, she would do interview people at the baseball games and stuff. And this, this was years ago. And I was in Chicago, I think it was 2006, and uh, we had a day off in Chicago, which is a lot of fun if it's during the summer. So we went to Wrigley Field, and, and Rick asked me if, you know, Aaron could come up and interview me in the box. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I met her, and then we stayed friends over the years. It's funny that you and Rick Suckleff are fans. I'm a massive Cubs fan. 83 played for the Indians, got traded to the Cubs in 84. They go, win yeah. the pennant. That's like, you're talking my language now, Kenny. Man, there's no much, I'm telling you. It's, I used to go with my father. Uh, we would take a weekend and go up and just spend the weekend in Wrigleyville. And just, we, we would, you know, pick a day game. 
and, and go to that and then go to dinner. And then the next day would be a night game, which meant you went to all the bars in Wrigleyville and then went to the game. And that's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a huge part of Americana. And, and, uh, but that's how I met Erin Andrews is, is, you know, her love of music and my love of sports just combined. Is there anyone that you have befriended now that maybe they're not that like Rick Sutcliffe's a prime example. When you say that, I perk up because I'm a massive Cubs fan and yeah. you know for me I was I'm like wow, Rick he should the Indians should have never traded him. He was he had a great year right. in 83. <laughs> However, that to me is super cool. Is there anyone else in your life where you're like it is so cool. I cannot believe this person is my friend because growing up I thought it was the coolest thing ever that that they just existed. Of course I have my musical heroes, Joe Walsh, you know, um I was I, I had become friends, you know, uh, we lost a lot of people in COVID, you know, over last year. And But to, but to think, you know, you're in high school uh, playing, trying to learn guitar from Eddie Van Halen, just listening to all the licks on the records, you know, and then becoming friends with someone like that. And, 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 and I have a lot of those people in sports, you know, my father and I was, you know, my dad was a coach and, and um, he's the reason that I, you know, I'm so passionate about sports and, and but there's so many of those people, especially in sports. You know, uh, like uh, I when I did the Boys of Fall film several years ago, I got to really know John Madden, and I got to know uh, Bobby Bowden, and I got to know uh, Nick Saban, and I got to know uh, Brett Favre, and I got to know all these people that you know you would you would see on TV every Sunday and, and every Saturday and Sunday. You know, and, and since then, over the years, you know, so many of those people have have come to shows and but it goes back to even what you said about Aaron uh, Andrews is the reason they do that is because you know like you and I Bobby we look we have these these people we look up to and really care about and all these sports figures well they have the same respect for people in because they love music also and that's something that I learned and it was it was really interesting and and it was one of the I don't know. I wouldn't say a, high, a highlight of my life, but you know, to, to, but what what you just said, if you know, you have these people that you really respect and looked up to, and, uh, and as a child and as a young adult, and all of a sudden you become friends with them. Kenny Chesney is on. We're about to talk about knowing you. About to play this new song that Kenny's put out to radio. Uh, let me ask you this: You mentioned a lot of people from Saban, Alabama coach Bobby Bowden, Florida State. You kind of went down the line there of, of all these greats that you were able to to hang out with at one time. What do you think is the one character trait that all of you guys share that has made you world class at what you do? I don't know. I think that they had pretty humble upbringings, you know, and and they worked really hard and they uh, they had a lot of wonderful people around them and they learned really early on how to achieve something special with a group of people. You know, that's the way we did it. I have a, a wonderful family out there on the road and and uh, we all get to do it together. And I think that's the, the thing that's the most common with all those people is that, you know, they got to achieve a lot of great things together. And it wasn't like playing golf. You know, you, do, you play golf or tennis, you do that by yourself. And I think that's the one thing that I can think of right off the top of my head. Kenny Chesney is on. We're about to play Knowing You. Tell me about this song. Why, when you heard it for the first time, because I've known it for a bit. It was on the, it's on the record. It's on uh, Here and Now. Why, why put this in uh, at radio now, and the first time you heard it, what'd you think about it? You know, it's been a while since I've had one of these songs, Bobby, and I, when, I, when I grew up in East Tennessee, and uh, I, I was consumed by so much music, I, I obviously loved country music, I loved what's now known as uh, classic rock, but it was rock then, and I, I just had so much of a musical taste, but, but 
when I heard Knowing You, it really did remind me of the kind of songs that, I, that made me want to chase this dream. I think we all have these people, you know, that come into our lives um, for whatever reason, and um, life just has a way of moving you apart, you know, and uh, but those people and those moments that they're in your life, they, they, they stamp, they, they, they mark your life, they stamp it in ways that no, no one else could. And, and I think this song, when I heard it, and when Buddy and I were done, done with it, and uh, it just, it was almost a tribute to all those people. It was, a, it was a, a way of, if you would, of raising a glass to the to the relationship you had with that person and how much they meant to you in your life. And and that's why I felt like it was um, time for a song like this for me. We're going to play Knowing You from Kenny Chesney. My final, final question is, uh, do you wear uh, flip-flops or Crocs or both? I wear flip-flops. I, I like the reef ones because they got the bottle opener on the bottom of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there he is. Hey, Kenny, good to talk to you as always. Congratulations on another big, amazing song, and we'll talk to you soon. On the phone is Jared. Hey, Jared, where do you live, man? Robertson, Texas. Well, I appreciate you calling. What can I help you with? My oldest stepdaughter is getting uh, married uh, next year in January, and uh, her dad wants to put her on her budget, and he really doesn't want to don't spend too much money on her wedding. And so far, my wife and I have spent over, or has paid over half of everything. And in the end of it, he's going to be the one walking her down the aisle. And don't get me wrong, Bobby, you know, I, I love this kid. That I love both my stepdaughters. If I do my own, I would do anything for him. I would take money out of my savings to pay for her whole wedding just to give her what she wanted. But her dad is not like that. He don't want to... He, he he don't want to dish out nothing for her. I don't know how I should feel like, though, with him still walking her down the aisle whenever he really don't care about it. So how long have you raised your stepdaughter? Uh, right on nine years. And she's getting married. And listen, I don't even know that the paying for the wedding is the most hurtful thing. Like you're paying for it and not getting, not not walking her down. I think probably it's just not walking her down, considering you've been such an instrumental part of her life. And I I have a similar-ish background where listen, my real dad checked out on me way young, probably younger than, than, than her da- her real dad did. And when I was a teenager, Arkansas Keith, who, you know, was my stepdad for a while, came into my life. And he was, you know, basically for five or six years, you know, before him, him and my mom divorced, he was my dad. Um, I do understand the romantic idea of someone going, you know, I want to have my dad, dad walk me down the aisle. Right or wrong, I do understand how, how it would be important to someone to have their biological father walk them down the aisle. Maybe she feels like she has to. You know, maybe... I don't think it means she loves you any less. And I'm saying that from somebody who has and had step-parents. I just don't feel like you... I would be hurt, honestly, too. And it's okay to be hurt. But I don't feel like she loves you any less. I feel like it's just... You're supposed to have your biological father walk you down the aisle. And that's where she is. I mean, has she said anything to you about it? Has she had that conversation with you? No, uh, she more or less, uh, she told my wife that, that uh, he's going to be walking down the aisle, that she wanted me to walk my wife to her seat, this, that, and other, but no, she hadn't talked to me about it at all. You know, it, 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 I, I understand where you're coming from, in which, where I'm coming from, I guess you're right, because, you know, that's, that's a very special part of her life that I would love to be a part of. I'm going to encourage you. You can be hurt. You should. Uh, I understand being hurt by it. But I'm going to encourage you to just be completely supportive, even if it feels uncomfortable, because that's been your role the whole time anyway. 
to be completely supportive even when it feels uncomfortable at times. And all you're doing is continuing the legacy that you have built and that you're there for her regardless of her decisions, good or bad, wise or not wise. You're just going to be there standing right beside her, um, maybe not that day, but for her entire life. You've been doing that, and I think the best thing you can do now is just fully support her even though it cuts you hard because I do understand where it, where and why it would, it would cut you hard. So, man, my heart goes out to you because that stinks. I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I could just be like, hey, get over it, man. I can't. That hurts. However, just knowing the kind of guy you are by hearing your voice and hearing how passionate you are about you know, being her dad or stepdad, I get why it sucks, but also in the same vein, it's you got to continue that. If she chose to walk, who knows what pressure she's getting from him? I don't know. I'm creating stories in my head now. But my advice to you is you're paying for a lot of the wedding. Put a smile on your face. Be supportive. Anything outwardly is not going to exist anymore. And if she does decide that she wants to call you in, great. And if she tells you five years from now she wishes she would have, great. But otherwise, you're just going to be there and be her rock like you always have been. Do you think it'd be wrong if, if besides, at, at the reception I had the DJ play uh, She's My Girl and, and dance with her? Is that something that she wants or you're like, are you saying at the reception you surprise her with that? Because also you have the, her dad is her dad. Like, Are you going to dance with her though, regardless? That's the question. Like, are you planning to dance with her? Because I think that would be great. Is there a, a yes. okay. I don't, I don't care what song you play. They can pick a song for him. They can pick a song for you. Okay. I, I thought if he was like going to jump in and be like, I know we're dancing. Nobody knows about know. it. That would have been a different issue. Oh, that's what it sounded like. And that made me so nervous. Cause I don't want that. You don't want to make the dad uncomfortable. And then there's like a, the two dads duel it out in the middle of the dance floor. Oh, you can have a dance off and the winner gets hurt. <laughs> no, here's the thing. This is my honest, my honest heart reaction here hmm. that as long as you're not doing or playing that song specifically to go, I told you, but you are playing it because that's how you feel. Let her rip, Tater Chip. Have that dance. I think it's great. As long as there's not a competition and that's why you picked that song, then great. You feel that song. Go dance to that song. Well, but also she'll she'll be, a, you should, allow, hopefully she's a part of picking the song y'all dance to. It's not, you, this is her day. So if she's comfortable with it, then yeah, by all means. Have you talked to her about it? No, I have not. I, I, I talked to my wife about it. She said that she thought that was a good idea. And again, that's how you feel. I think you should dance to it. I'd run it by her. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I feel that I feel good about it. Hey, listen, I feel good about this wedding, Jared. I know that's tough for you to not walk her down, but you, you know, you signed the contract. You are her stepdad. You're gonna love her regardless. I think he's working right now. Tell him to hold those two by fours for a second. We're on the phone. Jared, I, I listen. I love your heart. I appreciate you calling, sharing your story. I think you're in a good place. It hurts. But that's okay. Aren't you glad it hurts? That means you love her a whole lot. I mean, it could not hurt and you couldn't give a crap and that'd be even worse. But the fact that you love her and it hurts, that's actually a good thing because it matters to you. So let her go have her day. Dance dance with her to that song if she wants to. And don't let this keep you from enjoying this wedding, okay? All right. Talk to you later. He was obviously working. Mm He's busy. Have have a little emotional moment and working at the same time. And that I can respect. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. An Army vet is pitching in to help a fellow vet after her house was heavily damaged by a fire. Vietnam-era veteran and retired hospice nurse named Sue Simino returned home back in September 29 to find her home engulfed in flames. The 65-year-old has not been able to afford to rebuild in nearly a year and a half. Parts of the house are still charred and gutted from the fire. James Pooler read about her story on a Facebook group. 
I was like, I want to help her out. So he does a little bit of carpentry, and he's been doing all he can to assist with repairs. He says he's grateful to help Sue because when he was going through a rough patch, somebody helped him. Here's a clip of him talking about that. I was just grateful I could help her, and it, um, it helped me because I was going through a rough patch with my depression, and helping her helped me feel better. There you go. She had to be like, dang, I can't believe after all this time somebody's just volunteering to come help my house. And it's just stayed burnt up. That's what sucks. Anyway, shout out to James Pooler for making a difference in her life. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. I want to grab some calls about that topic from about two segments ago. And so Jared's oldest stepdaughter was getting married. He says a real dad, paraphrasing, kind of a deadbeat. But a real dad is walking her down the aisle. He is not. So a lot of callers are on. Why don't we go to Kay in Oklahoma? Hey, Kay, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. And you guys? Doing pretty good. What do you want to say? Um, Actually, two years ago, March 16th, my son got married to a daughter, or to a daughter that had a stepfather and a dad. And what she did was she let the stepfather walk her halfway down the aisle and then let the biological dad interceptor there and walk her on up. I think it's great. I like that. I'd probably go biological father first since he was the first one to have you. And then I'd let the guy who finished the race with her, which is the stepdad. If it were me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd switch it up. But you know there'd be drama between the two dads, too. Like, who gets to go first? Who gets to walk her up? Yeah, and we're just hearing this dad side of the story, yeah. right? She might still have a good relationship with her dad, you know? We only ever hear one side, right? right. But I thought it was a—and I think that's a pretty good compromise. Totally. But it's got to be up to the daughter to suggest that. I don't think the stepdad can go elbowing in and be like, okay, I got a plan, babe. He'll do 12 feet. I'll do eight. Then I'll run ahead and catch you back on the, you know. But I think that's a pretty good compromise. Kay, thank you for sharing that. How that Was that wedding awkward or was it awesome? No, it was awesome. Um, at first, they talked about one on each side. And my daughter-in-law, Megan, said, no, because that makes me feel like you guys are walking me to jail. No, <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay, not doing that. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Well, thank you, Kay, for calling. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Christy in Kentucky, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. What do you want to say? I actually, I heard Kay's comment, but uh, I actually have a daughter that's going to be married, and her stepfather and her actual father are both going to be walking her down the aisle. And the reason being is because they're, they have come to terms with a long time ago that, you know, mine and his relationship didn't work out, but uh, my husband, my current husband, has stepped up and they're just, they, they're in, in agreement that, you know, they've both been a big part of her life. So they're just going to both walk her down the aisle. And when they're asked who gives this daughter away, then they're going to both say, I do. So. I wonder who races first to say, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Me. Me, me, me. Alyssa, <laughs> I love when everybody can be happy. Everybody can have worth. And I think if that works, great. Love it. Love the last one. Heck, man, whatever makes the bride happy. That's what should happen on the wedding day, right, yep. Amy? A hundred percent. Like the whatever, yeah, the parents, have, their feelings need to be set aside. Like I had a great idea for our wedding, but the bride wasn't happy, right? So I am, uh, Stanley, our bulldog, whom I love with all my heart, is going to walk down the aisle. And, and before we had Eller, it was only going to be Stanley. I think Eller's going to have a point in it now too. But I fought hard for him, right? Let, let's let Stanley in the wedding. Our friend who's walking him down the aisle, I wanted him to have a suit that matched Stanley's coat, like his his dog coat. 
Because Stanley's got a, he's brown with white down the middle. And I was like. <laughs> his, 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 his real coat. Yeah, his fur. His coat. His fur. Okay. So his fur is brown with white down the middle. And I was like, what if Nick, who walks him down the aisle, has a brown suit with white down the middle? That's brilliant, Bob. And he looks no. exactly like Stanley. I love it's it. It's not brilliant. What? Yes, it is. I don't get and it. And you know what? The bride wasn't that happy with that idea. So yes, you you're doing Nick it? Nick to dress up like a dog. To walk your no, dog I wanted down Nick's the aisle. suit to look like Stanley's <laughs> fur. Yeah, the bridesmaids all match. Mm-hmm. Why can't the dog and the dog... Walker. You should put Stanley in a little black coat and bow tie. Well, that was second. I'd put him in a tuxedo. Yeah. But I, I thought that it would be hilarious. And I'd also have Nick wearing a collar, the same like a, yes. the same color Stanley's would be. Mm-hmm. And I was told- And a leash? Is Nick going to be on a leash? Well, no one's going to be walking Nick. Amy, don't be crazy. Yeah, Amy, that's good. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but you know what? The bride didn't love that idea. So I kind of had to go, you know what? The bride ain't happy. Nobody's happy. Uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. You guys can call us if about something else. 877-77-BOBBY. We can get to s- some more of those, but let's do the news first. Bobby's Big Story. Apparently, smartphones are ruining our kids' sports skills. Do you know why? No. Because they're spending more time on their phone than they are playing sports. Oh, well, that makes It's sense. as simple as could possibly be. Oh. So the, they're saying that kids aren't able to play sports as well as they used to, just because they're not focusing enough on getting good at the sports they're playing. So, listen, I get it. I love my phone. I, I, do, I do. I Sometimes I miss it. I don't have an itch for it. Like if I, I don't think I have a thing like I just got to see it. But I'm just so connected to people and news and stories. I love my phone. Is people in air quotes? What do you mean? <laughs> they're real people. You're connected to people. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know yeah, what like I the like people... To see, I like to see what Jimmy Dykes had to say about the Arkansas Razorback oh, yeah. basketball okay, team. Yeah, or, real people. Okay. Yeah, real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the deal. If your kids aren't as good at sports, uh, don't blame it on your genetics. <laughs> blame it on them being on the smartphone. Oh, yeah. Now much. you have this uh, article in your favor. Hey, Eddie, let me ask you, because y- your kids won their final basketball game. Yes. They went one and nine. Mm-hmm. Correct. Now they're going to baseball. Yep. Are they good at baseball? Uh, yes, they're they're really good at baseball. And then my my seven year old's team is legit. Like these guys, they're gonna go all the way. What does that mean, all the way though? Uh, a champion, championship. Now, do you have anything to do with the coaching on this team? I mean, there are about five dads. So three of them coach, and the other two, which is including me, kind of just stand around and like help out. Yeah, like stand in the outfield during drills to just get balls that kind of fly over a little too far. That's it, though. I don't really influence anything. But you feel much better about this coaching staff oh, than you did your basketball coach. Oh staff. yeah, these guys are legit. These dads, they know how to win. They're tough on the kids. Like I'm I'm so excited for this season. That's fun that they just don't have to be on losing teams all the time. Yes. Yeah. All right, another story. Bobby's other story. We're almost at the finish line with COVID. We're you can definitely see the finish line. We're not quite there, but you can definitely see it coming. More people, like two and a half million people a day are getting vaccinated which the goal was just a million, and they've doubled that plus. And so now they're starting to go, okay, let us release the guidelines on if you are vaccinated or not, like who you can hang out with. Because let's go. Let's rip off all our – I'm ready. (laughs) I can't wait. Come on. Uh, So here you go. People who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 may gather with other small groups and take your masks off and party it up. Listen, we were anyway, but now you can officially do it according to scientists. Can they give hugs? Hey, I will be. <laughs> I don't even like hugs. I'll be hugging everybody. Yeah. Uh, here's a clip. CDC recommends that fully vaccinated people can visit with other fully vaccinated people in small gatherings indoors without wearing masks or physical distancing. 
CDC recommends that fully vaccinated people can visit with unvaccinated people from one other household indoors without wearing masks or physical distancing as long as the unvaccinated people and any unvaccinated members of their household are not at high risk for severe COVID-19 disease. About halfway through that, I got lost, but still. <laughs> yeah. It's If you're vaccinated and they're vaccinated, go to town. That's cool. And if you're vaccinated and they're not, supposedly you just have one group of non-vaccinated folks you can hang with. So you still have a circle, uh-huh. a bubble, but the bubble's getting bigger and the bubble's getting a little looser, which is how I like it. <laughs> well, I, the, the mask stuff going away is weird to me. Like, I think let's open stuff up, but let's all wear masks. Like, we should have a progression to starting to be normal again. But it's weird when they go, let's open it up and no masks all like at all once. all at the same time. Yeah, let's yeah. just, let's walk down the stairs. Let's not roll down the stairs. That's how you get hurt. Mm. But I'm ready. COVID no mo. Can't wait for Luke Combs to write that song. <laughs> He's working on it. Yeah. Uh, finally, top three songs in country music. Number three, Thomas Rhett. What's your country song? Everybody got a small town anthem. Everybody got a story to tell. Number two, Parmalee and Blanco Brown, Just the Way. I love you just the way God made you. Girl, he don't make us. And number one, Nico Moon, Good Time. We just trying to catch a good time. Jam, huh? It's so, so good. good. That's all oh, makes yeah. me feel good. That's it. and that was one where I was like, I wonder if I like this song. But man, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one alternative song is Machine Gun Kelly, "My Ex's Best Friend." I swear to God, I never fall in love. I never fall in love, but I can't get. And then the number one pop song, and my driver's license uh, again. Like we always talked about. All right, there you go. That's the news. Country Thank songs change like every minute, and this song's well, been number one for. Country songs pass out free free gifts. Like here's sometimes like Luke Combs was the victim of this. They held him at number two. He hit number one for a couple weeks, and then he should have been the number one song for like the next five weeks. But they put him at number two and let other songs jump him so they could pass out free number ones. So our format's bunk when it comes to being legit number ones. So don't don't believe what I just said. Mm. Except for Nico Moon. That's all you do. I just wanna have a good time. Okay. Um, let's play. <laughs> we all stopped there because we, <laughs> right. we don't know, don't know the rest of the words, words but, the but it makes us feel so good. <laughs> we got this voicemail last night. This is from Aza Lee. She wants to sing on voicemail. This is her shooting her shot. Hey, how about it? Let's hear it. What's up, Bobby Bone Show? This is day one of shooting my shot. She said, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Oh, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. Oh, and forgive me for what I do, but if you want help, well, it's up to you. Now, don't let me down, honey. Mama's going to move you uptown. Then she just hung up. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, see you. She just hung up straight. Bye. Uh, I need you to do Blink-182 for tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. I give her a whole, array, a whole, nice. whole range. And tell us where you're from, Aza Lee. All right, shoot your shot. Always shoot your shot. More people are coming forward about celebrities being cool. Uh, let's play the first one here. A guy who worked at a high-end clothing store says Robert Downey Jr. came into a Christmas shop wearing an awesome jacket. Here you go. 
So I used to work at this like really high-end clothing store. Robert Downey Jr. came in one year to Christmas shop. He was wearing this really cool jacket. So I was like, oh my God, that jacket, it's amazing. And he was like, ah, thank you so much. It's like the first time I've worn it. Fast forward, he finishes shopping and everything and we're helping him out to his car and he takes the jacket off and he gives it to me and he says, Merry Christmas. And this is it. And I have Robert Daddy Jr.'s jacket. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, here is a former child actor talking about Robin Williams because they worked together for a bit. So I'm an actor, but I was a pretty successful child actor. I did a bunch of movies when I was a kid, Nancy Drew and Ace Ventura Jr., the greatest game ever played. But I want to talk about uh, this movie, License to Wed. It was a rom-com with John Krasinski and Mandy Moore, who are also incredible and amazing people. But I want to talk about Robin Williams. In the two months that we worked together, Robin taught me everything that I know about comedy and professionalism and being kind to people on set. He was the funniest, sweetest, smartest person on the planet. I don't care what anybody else says. A genius and the kindest man. At the end of filming, Robin came to my trailer and he gave me a gift. It was a signed copy of the Groucho Letters, signed by Groucho Marx. He said someone gave it to him because he reminded them of Groucho. And Robin gave it to me and said it's because that I reminded him of him. Pretty wow, cool. Wow, that is cool. Here's one more. Here are Here's a guy talking about Jimmy Fallon. I was lucky enough oh, to be in on. the live studio. This is a audience. girl talking about Jimmy Fallon. Thank you. I was lucky enough to be in the live studio audience of the Jimmy Fallon show. And during the commercial break, he came right up to me and my friends and had a whole conversation with us. We're all college kids and communications majors. So he just talked to us about that and gave us some like genuine advice and how he kind of got to be where he is today. He seemed very genuine. And at a time when a lot of talk show hosts and late night hosts have rumors about them being really mean behind the scenes, it was really refreshing to have that experience with him. So there you have three people telling three random stories. Cool. Here's mine. I don't think I've told this on the show. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I have. Obviously not, or uh, I think we would have guessed it. Well, a few years ago, I think 100 people must have said no to this job. And, I, and maybe, too, because I, I just started working on American Idol, and they were trying to get me on things to promote American Idol. But they said, hey, come host Miss America. Or not host, sorry. Judge Miss America. Right. And I was like, okay, Cool. And so I fly up to New Jersey, Atlantic City, which I'd never been before. And I'm going to the hotel, and I, there are it's famous people everywhere that are there's like ten famous people, and I'm the, the one the only one that's not famous. And I'm like, dang, there aren't, aren't any other like F list people like myself. And I'm like, <laughs> man, and it's hard to go talk. Everybody has their little crews with them, and I didn't have like a group of people with me. And so we get on this bus. They say, hey. Get everyone go down, get on the bus. We're going to take you across town. We'll go to this place and learn how to actually judge the competition. And so we go and we get on the bus. And it was like Forrest Gump. I'm like walking down. Everybody's got their people sitting with them. Oh, seats Can't taken. Can't sit here. Seats, seats taken. taken. <laughs> Can't. So I keep walking down the bus. <laughs> Finally, there's a seat in the very, like, two seats from the back. And I sit there by myself. And I'm just looking around like, oh, it's going to be a long weekend because I don't know anybody. And so, I'm, and it's about a 25-minute bus ride. Do you guys want to guess who it is? Did you come uh, up with a guess? Yeah, I yeah. guess, but... Pretty far from it, though. Who do you, who'd you think? Carrot Top. I don't know why I guess Carrot Top, but is it him? No. Okay. <laughs> who'd you guess? Mario Lopez now. They can say Miss America. Okay, so, but I don't know if he's still on Shark Tank. Is it Mark Cuban? He is still on Shark Tank, but it's not Mark Cuban. Okay. Uh, Mark Cuban's worth a billion. Yeah, not millions. <laughs> so I'm sitting... Never mind. And, again, <laughs> awkwardly by myself... And this guy comes walk. I see him walking back, and he's got a good amount of jewelry on. So you can tell that 
he's the famous one. Sure. And everybody looks a little different in real life when you meet a celebrity, especially someone that was famous, you know, really famous eight, nine, ten years ago. And he sits down beside me and goes, yo, dog. Randy oh, Jackson. Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. Whoa! He, goes, he, goes, he goes, yo, dog, do you not know anybody here? I was like, no, man, I don't know anybody. He goes, you know me now. I'm your friend. <laughs> so we sit on the bus for like 15 minutes. Talk, he gives me, I think I still have a cell phone number. Gives me a cell phone number. We drive all the way across town. I'm like the new kid at school. That's what it feels like. He sits beside me as we're learning how to judge this competition. He talks to me for the whole next day as like my, my buddy partner. We leave. He's like, yo, dog, whenever you need anything, hit me up. I'll, what? And I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> he, had, cool. he had no reason to be nice to me, right? There, he didn't get anything from it. There was no gain. Right. There was no relationship for him that was like a, a positive. He just saw me sitting by myself in, near the back of the bus wow. and was like, hey, he's like, yo, dog, you need a friend? And I was like, yeah, please. <laughs> but there you go. There's Love my it. story about a celebrity That's being cool. cool. He's worth over 50 million bucks. Did, mm. And the show recently... he's on now is named that tune. He uh, plays oh, the right. piano and talks with the contestants. What were you going to say? Did he lose a lot of weight recently? I, I thought I saw I, a video like just a couple weeks ago where he lost a lot of weight. He lost a lot of weight when I saw him three or four years mm. ago. I'm, I'm not sure you know, when the weight loss happened, but he was awesome. That's so, cool. And our our number, if you guys want to call us, you can either give us a great celebrity story live because we're on the air for a bit, or you can leave a voicemail. If you ever met a celebrity and they were randomly really nice, 877 Bobby. up a little dinner last night. We <laughs> ate late last night. Uh, 877-77-BOBBY. Randy Jackson lost 114 pounds. Wow, yeah. His type 2 diabetes inspired him to lose a bunch of weight. Oh, man. <laughs> there it goes again. Who, am I my grandma now? <laughs> you need Tums? Well, she would just talk and be like, oh, uh, excuse me. Okay, over on the phone now, we have people that have randomly met celebrities, and they're going to tell us stories. I don't know if they're good or bad. Do we want to roll the dice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just so. roll it. Ashley in Arkansas, you are on the Bobby Bone Show. Thank you for calling. What's going on? Hi, Bobby. Hey. So, like I said, I'm from Arkansas. And I nannied for a family while I was in college. And we were at LAX, and this guy in front of me at Starbucks started talking to the little girl that I was nannying for, telling her how much they looked alike, his daughter and this little girl. So he then proceeds to ask me how old she is, and it's Keith Urban. Oh, that's cool. So I was really shocked, and he ended up buying my Starbucks, but um, I really wish... I would have said, like, hey, if you need a nanny, here's my phone number. (laughs) (laughs) It's my biggest regret. Would you have moved to Nashville to nanny for Keith Urban? Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. I was in college. I didn't have, you know, yeah, I'm from Arkansas. I'm from, you probably come through my town a lot, and there's not much in my hometown, so. (laughs) That's a pretty cool story. I will double vouch that Keith's an extremely nice guy. Just a good dude. Never had a yeah. never had a bad moment with him and never had a bunch of moments with him. So well thank you for that story, Ashley. I appreciate that. He's wonderful. Have a good day. You too. Have a good day. You guys can hit us up. 877-77-Bobby. Eddie Watch Coming to America, which is the, the coming 
two. two. America. Number two. Yeah. What'd you think about I it? I did. It's a waste of time. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On Amazon Prime? On, it's If you have Amazon Prime, it's free. Oh. But you know what? Like, I just thought that the first one was so funny. But again, I was like probably 10 years old when I watched it. And as I watch the new one, I'm thinking like, well, my 10-year-old self would probably like this one too. That's probably why I had so much hype behind it. But Bones, it's, it's, it's cheesy. It's not that good. And the whole time I kept thinking like, man, Eddie Murphy must have gotten paid a bunch of money to do this because I don't see why he would want to sign on to do this. Do you feel like it ruins the first one at all? No, the first one is just nostalgic. Did like, you watch it, Amy? I've watched it. My husband had it on, but I didn't. I was I never felt drawn in to sit down and actually watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm same with Eddie on it. I didn't get it really what was happening, but I don't think it ruins the first one at all. Nah. In fact, it made me want to go back and just watch the first one and enjoy it. I do have the top streaming shows right now, like period over the last month. Oh, I like to hear the top ones. So I want to see if I've watched them. You have seen number one. There's only one show that has over a billion stri- uh, hours. Oh, wow. Last month spent. What is it? You watched it. What do you think it is? remember what all I watched. <laughs> Give me a hint. <laughs> Only one show has over a billion minutes viewed. It's based wow. in minutes, not a hours. A billion minutes? Mm-hmm. It's a new show. Hotel Cecil? Mm-mm. Firefly Lane. Oh, yeah. Love that one. So good. That's That was the number one show last month. Over oh, a, a billion lot. minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And that's Katherine Heigl, right? Yeah. And it's about long friends. Her and her best friend, but I love the way they covered it over the decades. So the show would go back and forth. Sometimes you were in the 70s, sometimes the 80s, sometimes you were in the present day. But it just showed, like, what true friendship can look like and how someone can be there for you your whole life. That's what I said, long friends. Yeah. (laughs) Which made no sense whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, Number two is Bridgerton at 659 million minutes viewed, which is a show Raymundo watched. Hard pass. (laughs) (laughs) And number three is WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. You like that one? Love yeah. it. Still haven't watched the final episode yet. We've been trying to catch up on a lot of other things, but WandaVision, I think we're going to watch that tonight. Love WandaVision. Uh, the Crown at four. Good. Longmire at five. I don't even know what that is. I've seen the cover, but never watched it. Should we watch it, guys? Because so many people talk Longmire. about it. I don't know what it is. It's like a Western, I think. Yeah, I'm good. Or maybe it's like a... Sheriff. It is. It's kind of a Western show. Yeah. It, you know what? It's got 88% of Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. Yeah. It's an American modern Western crime drama mm-hmm. uh, that premiered on June 3rd, 2012 on A&E Network. Oh. So I wonder if they just brought it over to Netflix. Uh, Cobra Kai's at six. You like that one? Yeah. I'm on season three right now. <laughs> it's extremely cheesy, but it's pretty good. Uh, Great British baking show, Go Dog Go. Fate, The Wink Saga, and Blown Away are the top Dang. 10 shows there. Okay. The weird thing about The Office now, I still watch it every night, but I watch it on Peacock, is that Peacock doesn't shut off automatically. And I forget how much I liked Netflix shutting off automatically. Because The Office just runs all night now. And then I wake up and I'm seven episodes later. And I don't like that. <laughs> Netflix, it'd go about three and be like, are you still there? And I wasn't, and it would shut down. But... Peacock has the new Punky Brewster show. What? There's a new one? That's what I said. She's an adult now. Really? Yeah. So we haven't watched any of it, but if you're you know, born in the 80s like I was, you probably remember Punky, Punky. Brewster from being a kid. Uh, let's go over and talk to Rose in Delaware, who's on the phone. Hey, Rose, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. Hey, Did good you... morning, Bobby. Oh, hey, good morning. How are you? Um, just wanted to tell you a story when I met Rod Stewart. Mm, okay. In probably 1977, 1980. And he kicked out soccer balls. I caught one. Some drunk took it from me. 
threw me over the railing. Security guard came, gave me the ball back. Rod Stewart, Stewart saw it, came over to me, brought the whole band over, signed my ball and the whole band, and I still have it today. Oh, dang, that's cool. It was wonderful. How did you have that yep. song ready to go, Ray? <laughs> I'll be like, Ray, can you give me some Darius? And he's like, man, we don't have a clip of it anywhere. We and all of a sudden, Stewart. he's got a Forever Young by Rod Stewart ready to go. Not bad, Ray. Hey, uh, thank you for that call. That's pretty cool. Let's go over and talk to awesome. Rob in Austin, Texas. Hey, Rob, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. What celebrity did you meet? Hey, good morning, studio. Morning. morning. Uh, well, probably the most memorable uh, is I've, I've done a lot of extra and double work on uh, on sets. And the most memorable was I'm sitting down having lunch, and all of a sudden uh, from behind me I hear a voice, uh, Are the Vittles good, son? And I look up, and it's Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's cool. And I said, uh, Yes, sir, they are. He said, You mind if I sit down? We'll have lunch together. So I sit and had lunch with him, and it was a great experience. Got pictures with the guy. He's... Uh, Probably the nicest man, him and Patrick Swayze, I ever met in Hollywood. Wow. Dang. Um, but, but I loved it. That's pretty cool that you had lunch with Clint Eastwood, and he, he wanted yeah. about the Vittles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's quite, he's, quite the, he's quite the guy. He's a really cool, cool dude, and uh, I had a nice time with him. I appreciate that call, Rob. Hope you have a great day. Hey, you too, buddy. Take right, care. See Thanks. you later. Bye. Amy and I were talking right before we came back on air, and I was like, hey, we went to dinner last night at this place called like Yulon. What's it called? Yulon. So I hadn't heard of it either, but Caitlin was like, man, I'd love to go when once we get back. I was, we were in California last week and just do something together. I said, okay, we'll go to dinner. And so we go and I order this gnocchi, which I've never been quite sure what gnocchi is. I'm pretty sure it's potatoes at yes. this point. Okay. Yeah. But if it, it feels like a noodle in your mouth. It's like a potato pasta. It's like potato on your plate, noodle in your mouth. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's so, <laughs> gnocchi is so good. Well, and I didn't know if gnocchi had meat in it, and it didn't, I learned last night. But I looked at the menu, and it was a little expensive for, for gnocchi. Because most gnocchi is, I get Olive Garden, I'll be honest with you. That's how I usually roll. I get the gnocchi with with uh, some meat at Olive Garden. And so they bring it, and they're like, oh, we're going to get you, we're going to put some truffles on this. It doesn't, truffles... They don't do, do it do, for They you. do nothing for me. Like you just don't taste them? It, it looked like they were putting tree bark in. And I'm sure if you're a Truffles fan, it's amazing. But so they're like they sprinkled it on. They're top like or shaved it, shaving it. Oh. And Caitlin's like, that looks beautiful. <laughs> I just don't. For me, I just I guess am not sophisticated enough to love a truffle. I love truffle chocolate truffles. Oh yeah, those are that's good. Those, <laughs> those are good. Yeah, that's yeah. not what they're shaving on there. Mm. No. And, and that place was really good. It's just the truffle thing is weird to me. But we ate it and it was it was good. It was good food. We were out probably way too late last night, eight forty five or so. Oh, that's way. Hey, listen, oh, that's man. way too Crazy. late for me nowadays. Wild. <laughs> it was a really good place to eat though, and it had been a while since we got to go out and just have dinner and talk and you know not worry about the kids. Yeah, yeah, of I course, know. yes. Get away from the house. <laughs> you need that sometimes. <laughs> if you're a new listener, Bobby doesn't have kids. <laughs> you have two dogs. One of them still away at training. One of them's home. Yeah. Um, Amy, what's going on today? Normal day for me. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm interviewing Jimmy Allen for the Bobbycast, so he's coming over to the house today at like 2. Um, then I'll go to the Opry and shoot some stuff tonight for this weekend's Opry show. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys. Have a good day. Bye, everybody. The Bobby Bone Show.